Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Once again... I wanted to thank our listeners for continuing to tune in and to share the podcast with others. Our numbers continue to grow, which is um, really great to see. Uh, so if you have been sharing the podcast with others, thank you very much. Um, if you haven't been sharing the podcast with others, um, feel free to, to start doing that right about, say, now. Uh, anyway, last week we came back after our short holiday break with a CES wrap-up. But we're back this week with our usual co-hosts, Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy, to do a more typical Tech Dirt podcast on the topic of whether or not there's any role for the tech industry in disrupting ISIS. Uh, a little over a week ago, just as CES was wrapping up, actually, there was a lot of news about a bunch of top White House officials trekking out here to Silicon Valley to meet with top tech execs to talk about ways to disrupt ISIS. This didn't come out of nowhere. There's been uh, lots of talk in political circles about getting the tech industry more involved in the fight against terrorism and extremism, uh, though much of that has really focused on kind of ridiculous and stupid proposals such as undermining encryption. But there are... but. The question is, are there other things that can be done? The recent meeting, which included the heads of the FBI, the NSA, and Homeland Security, among others, along with leaders from Apple, Facebook, Dropbox, LinkedIn, and more, included at least a brief discussion on trying to deal with encryption. Uh, apparently, FBI Director James Comey said that he would only attend if that issue was on the agenda. Uh, thankfully, on the flip side, Apple CEO Tim Cook apparently used the opportunity to slam the White House for refusing to take a clear and strong stand in favor of strong encryption. However, apparently most of the focus of the meeting was actually on other things. Unfortunately, it's not really clear what those other things actually are. Um, too many of the suggestions that, that people have talked about seem to focus on ideas about somehow stopping terrorists from using social media, a concept that I personally think is kind of counterproductive and potentially actually harmful. Um, the only other idea that was leaked from the meeting was perhaps trying to take the algorithm that Facebook currently has that tries to detect if someone is suicidal and see if it could be tweaked to detect if someone has become radicalized. But there's a larger question here, and that's whether or not there really is a role for the tech industry in trying to deal with terrorism or ISIS. It's not that the tech industry doesn't want to stop terrorism. I'm sure that most people do. But there's a real question of what that actually means and what it would entail and whether or not the tech industry can actually do something or if it's appropriate for them to be involved in this way. As I wrote on TechDirt, the biggest problem here is that the government seems to mostly be looking for ways to get the tech industry to get people to stop doing something, when what the tech industry is actually really good at, generally 
tends to be to get people to start doing something new. So given all that, I thought that we'd have today's discussion uh, be about whether or not there really is a role for the internet or tech industry and what that role might be. Um, I didn't discuss this with either Hirsch or Dennis uh, before we started recording this, so I actually have no idea where you guys stand on this. So I'm going to just dive in and see if either of you think that there is no role at all for tech in terms of dealing with the fight against ISIS. And, uh, and no, I mean, I don't think it's completely unreasonable. I think my, my question, like, you know, is if the government wants, quote, tech to yeah. have a role in disrupting ISIS, like what exactly does that mean? Like, you know, as, as yeah. maybe do, do they mean that, hey, like if you're starting a company, if you're working on technology, this is a problem that needs a solution, right? And if, if it were phrased kind of in that way, that, that seems like a reasonable problem for an entrepreneur who might be in technology to be working on. Does that kind of rephrase the question a little bit? Yeah, or? I think so. And I, I actually, I mean, I hate the, the, the term disrupt in this context because I think it's wrong. And it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's different than what everyone in, in Silicon Valley means when they talk about disrupt, right, or disruption. Yeah, they, um, but you it, know, sound, it sounds buzzy. It, it sounds buzzy, but it actually fits. I mean, you, you understand what it is, right? But, but and, and that's why, I mean, it's been used by lots of people and Hillary Clinton used it specifically. But, you know, in, in the Silicon Valley tech context, disruption is, is something different, I think. I mean, it's, it's usually about building something new that's really valuable that, that disrupts an existing industry, right? Disrupting right. ISIS is about, you know, taking them down, which is, is kind I mean, of do a, they want well, us to, like, okay, so a different <laughs> But you guys right? are kind of mixing a couple of different sure. things, right? Which are dis- well, they, well, I think they, every, they everyone's... Started it. Yeah, I right. think everyone's mixing a couple of things. Yeah. So. So, so, so there's, there's a difference between established technology companies with unrelated business models cooperating with the government and building specific tools to help law enforcement and to help investigations and things like that. That's one set of things. Um, Depending on the scope of what the government asks uh, and, and the circumstances under which they ask it, I think all of us here would agree that American companies should cooperate with the authorities, you know, you know, with the right kind of a warrant, et cetera. You should turn over information. You might even want to build well, some kinds of tools. Well, again, with, within reason, right? I mean, there's a lot of concern and a lot of reasonable concern about, right. of, about you know, going overboard. Yeah. We and, want and blanket we, and, scraping, for example. And, and we, we want and expect, and I think we should hope that, that the tech companies push back when they feel those requests are overbroad, and, and a lot of them do that. So that, that's just one category of okay. things. But the other category of things is, I think, the kind of things that Dennis was alluding to, which is sure. where you have a government problem or a military problem or an intelligence problem, and the private sector provides a, a, a good, an efficient solution, sure. perhaps one that's better than what the government is already using. So, for example, in the Bay Area, Palantir is a big company yeah. that built a lot of tools that... You know, that that a lot of people hate and are that scared hate, of. But, and, but and it's certainly that. better than what the government had before. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, no, so no, no, there's, no. there's definitely a role for the private sector and quote-unquote for tech. Now, if that's a question you're asking, I think we, we've answered it. Yeah, there's definitely a role okay. for tech. But I think if we get a little more nuanced, I think, I think what people think of when they think of tech uh, in that sense is like this very Silicon Valley, very startup-y kind of small companies experimenting in a lot of different kind of ways and coming up with innovative solutions uh, to problems, right? If you think right. about it in that way, I'm reminded of a, of a post that was made maybe four or five, maybe 10 days after 9-11 occurred. Somebody in Silicon Valley, and I can't remember the luminary who wrote this, I think it was a VC or somebody like that, wrote 
a article about how Silicon Valley could help get Osama bin Laden. And his solution was that some Silicon Valley companies should manufacture a bunch of very cheap cell phones mm-hmm. that dial only one number, and that number would be a CIA hotline. Okay. And they should airdrop these cell phones all <laughs> over <laughs> Afghanistan. And the cell phone should say in the local language, Pashtun or whatever, that you will get a $1 million award if in, you give us information on this cell phone that leads to the capture of Osama bin Laden. And then they should just gather all the audio, and it will be a lot of BS, but maybe one or two good nuggets and all of that, and process it, and then use that as another uh, you know, input of data into their manhunt. Uh-huh. And that, so that's a kind of really crazy idea. Now, I'm not saying that's a practical idea, but it's certainly right. a very Silicon Valley crazy it's, out it's there. A, it's a Silicon Valley style idea, idea right? Exactly. right? To take the technology and do something new that's different that wasn't really possible otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, and, and there are lots of reasons why that probably actually wouldn't work, but 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 right, I agree. But right? it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a creative brainstorming right. thought and and process. Um, yeah, and if and if the government wanted to fund, like you know, like we're, like an investment in a company that would create some sort of solution, like that that seems like something that they could possibly do. Like, yeah, government funding is such a mess, though. Yeah. You know, right, but if they wanted, yeah. if this is what they want. Like, I guess my my question when I see you know government leaders call for Silicon Valley to help disrupt ISIS. You know, it's like, okay, so <laughs> so how would, like, are we just supposed to sit here and, like, just be patriots and do it? Or, like, <laughs> like how? I mean, for the most part, that is a lot of what they're talking about. Right. But, but, but I think, actually, like, the example that, that you gave, Hirsch, I think is actually, you know, whether or not it's a, a, a reasonable example or not. Um, I think that gets back to the point of, like, I think those kinds of examples are much cooler and much more Silicon Valley style than yeah. what I think most government officials seem to be focused on, which is exactly you know what I said in the opening, a lot of it about being, how do we stop ISIS from doing this? How do we stop ISIS from mm-hmm. using encrypted communication? How do we stop them from, from you know, providing propaganda, um, you know, using social media? How do, you know, so, so much of the, the, the questions and the focus seems to be on, on stopping people from doing things. And I, I think, honestly, that's not what Silicon Valley does. And I think that's pretty yeah. difficult to get to. And, and so I think there's, there's a mindset difference there that I think is, is pretty difficult to overcome. Well, in their defense, if you think about it, you know, the kinds of solutions, that, you know, that kind of cell phone idea, dropping cell phone idea, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that, that can happen in a world in which a lot of the uh, resources that are used to fight uh, terrorists aren't being divvied out by sort of nation states, but rather by private parties, right? Sure. Like, like if you have... For example, if for some reason, like, let's just look, just think of like an alternative fantasy world, or like, like a Neil Stephenson style, <laughs> snow crashy kind of uh, anarchic corporate sort of a world. In a world in which, let's say, there's a bunch of companies that want to sell stuff in, in Afghanistan that are uh-huh. operating there commercially, and they're suffering from a bunch of uh, terrorist attacks or disruptions, right, in their commercial operations. Mm-hmm. And they want some kind of solution. Yeah. to that problem, the, 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 the sort of barriers to their trade, right? In that kind of a market, those types of entities would fund a bunch of low-cost, interesting solutions that would probably end up being a lot cheaper than what the U.S. government uses. But we're not in that world. The U.S. government doesn't go out there <laughs> and solicit random crazy ideas for a bunch well, from, you know, for I, the most I part. I mean, increasingly, I, they actually have been they, willing to do that to when, some extent. Yeah, but when they do it, it's more like these DARPA prizes, right? Very centralized, like, we, we yeah, think this is the solution, let, go let, for it, right? Less and less, actually. I mean, there is there are obviously the kind of DARPA things, but even, even the DARPA stuff has been getting more 
generalized where they'll just they'll give a challenge right but but it's pretty open and, and those kinds of innovations you know have led to some pretty cool stuff right um and i think that there are different parts of the u.s government now that are much more open to i mean there are enough you know sort of you know, ex-Silicon Valley people who have gone over to the government side that I think there's more and more recognition of, of these possibilities to do, you know, and I know, you know, we've on this podcast in the past have sort of bitched about government procurement and, and what a mess that is. But I think that's that's actually starting to, to change. Um, but I don't, you know, digging down on sort of how, how the government does those kinds of deals, I think is a little bit outside the question, the, the overall question of, mm-hmm. you know, where tech can come in. And so, you know, one other thing, just to toss it out there, you know, I think one of the things that the tech industry has become very powerful at and very good at Mm -hmm. is, you know, getting a lot of people to, you know, participate in, in, in activities, right. And to, to, you know, so much of Silicon Valley right now is about platforms, right. And platforms that get a whole bunch of people to do something. And so I'm, you know, I'm curious if there are ways to do that. And, and I, I, you know, I don't know, that's about as far as I go with that (laughs) idea. Just, just thinking through like, what is, what is Silicon Valley good at? Are you thinking of sort of crowdsourced surveillance of citizens of their neighbors? No, no, no. (laughs) Because that's what comes to mind when you say building something on a social platform. No, no, no. I mean, that's uh, certainly not. I'm sure that that some people are suggesting that from the government side, but I'm, I'm trying to think of more positive things, not, you know, obviously getting away from sort of the surveillance side, but, you know, um, you know, one of the big concerns is always about like this idea that ISIS is really, really good at, at social media and propaganda. And mm-hmm. the U S has been absolutely terrible at pushing back on that. Right. So, and I don't, I don't and, and what would that mean push to be, to push back on the, on the social well, media it's, it, for ISIS? That's, that that's, that's a perfectly good question. Right. So right mm-hmm. now the state department has this campaign. I forget what it's called. It's terrible. It's, um, like, you know, I, I forget the exact phrase, but it's like, you know, stand back, think again, or like, yeah. look but, away, I mean, think again, something, something ridiculous like that. But, but, and, but stuff like this is already happening. Like, I mean, I think, what, a few weeks ago, there was a whole kind of Twitter reply yeah. meme that basically was at replying. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember if it was like an official ISIS account or not, but... It, it was, right? There was a call yeah. for... I forget the exact yeah. details also, but there was a call from, from a, a powerful ISIS person to like, get others to join ISIS and right. all these people on Twitter. Or like, uh, I'm too and, busy. Like, uh, I'm, yeah, too I'm busy. So, sorry, Wars, right, right, sorry, got to make lunch or right. all this kind of stuff. And I thought that was that was actually a really great example. That, yeah. that, but that wasn't, you know, that wasn't... Like, a, like Twitter didn't specifically say, hey, everyone, right. you should at reply this guy. It just, by nature of being a platform and being connective... Like it allowed society to do that exactly, and I, and I actually think those kinds of things are really powerful. Yeah, and so I I do worry about you know some of the ideas that at least were hinted at <laughs> by the government in the agenda they were putting forth, and that have certainly been mentioned by various politicians, yeah. um, including the leading politician on in both parties uh, for. But that, for, that's for because there's people... this idea that 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 you know like Twitter and Facebook should be you know, blocking the speech of ISIS supporters. Yeah, but then then we couldn't have, you know, that kind of reply exactly. oh, totally. out there, right? So, but I think that that's maybe because, like, if you're in government, you believe that kind of doing unilateral big actions like that are, are the best way to create change, right? So, right. you know, they probably would love it if you open up Twitter and it had a big warning like, hey, you are not allowed to 
support ISIS with this platform, you know, or some some big FBI warning or CIA warning or something. Right? You so, actually want an open yeah. platform like Facebook and Twitter to be the place where people who are most interested in ISIS first show up to talk. Yeah. With like minds, and because and then that, that's exactly where you can start tracking. It. And and in fact, in fact, the, the right. there are some intelligence and law enforcement officials who have basically said that the best uh, intelligence information they're getting are from yeah. uh, you know from these platforms. And so the idea of kicking all these people off seems really counterproductive to me. It doesn't make them go away, right? right. Like so, and in fact, it often makes them feel more powerful, like they're having a, having an impact. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, it'll it'll drive them towards other platforms that are more difficult to watch, so, right? So, so I think I think it's clear that we agree that you know there that these the you know the tech and internet industry can you know help and be a participant. I think there's a separate question which I didn't start with, but is becoming much more clear to me. And I guess I sort of recognized it, but but didn't really put it front and center in the opening. Is you know whether or not the government's view of what should be done will ever match with what should actually be done, right? Because that, that's what we keep coming across here, is that you know, we, the government thinks about this problem in one way. Yeah, they, they it, think about it in terms of like concrete solutions, like, oh, here's a problem, so therefore we must be able to turn this switch off. Right. And we can turn the terrorist switch, switch off, and you must be able to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, oh, we just have to push this button here, and magically... Yeah. Well, it also feels like no. I don't. I don't mean to to paint with a very broad brush, but yeah, sure. <laughs> but you're going to paint with. A very yeah, I'm broad going brush. to do exactly that. Which is that it often feels like a lot of the folks in government, they don't think beyond that first step, right? They don't think of yeah. what the the response will be. Well, I, I think that also, you know, this this may be a, a public perception of how like startups and technology companies work, right? It feels very much like a. When a so-called company disrupts an industry, right? It's yeah. like, oh, cool. Uh, Uber came along and disrupted the, te- the the taxi cab industry. They they must have just kind of done that. But <laughs> what they don't, what they, what you miss out on is like disruption and success of a company is actually like an evolutionary product. Like it totally, came yeah. from a long time ago of various different iterations and you know like different factors that kind of came on. I'm sure. Uber would love to say that, yes, we decided to disrupt the taxi cab industry. And maybe that's what their pitch was at some point, right? Yeah. But it, it definitely, it morphed. Right. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But it morphed from kind of what it was. So Yeah, I mean, there, the, 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 the fact is there are very, very few technology businesses that look anything like what their original business plans were like. Yeah. And the problem with politics is that you can't go on the stage for your debate and say, I do acknowledge that what my opponent said is a very difficult, <laughs> dangerous problem, but I actually don't have a solution. But what right. I do promise you I will do is iterate and iterate, yeah. Yeah. and maybe 15 years from now I'll have the right solution. <laughs> we, I mean, we you can't do that. So they, they all have to sound absolutely <laughs> certain, like, oh, unemployment problem? This and this and this is a prescription. <laughs> right. we, got, we got a problem with, uh, you know... You know, yeah. you know, but yeah. that, that's politics. Right? Yeah, you can't exactly. just be like, we will create an environment in which so, solutions so, so, are encouraged. So, right. So, it's, <laughs> you know, so I, I just want to, yeah, you know, this is a slight divergence, but like if you look at any given policy thing, let's, let's talk about something like that people split on like very firmly into Republican and Democratic camps, like uh, minimum wage, right? The minimum wage is, is there's, pu- <laughs> there's, there's papers on both sides of that. 
Sure. Right? There's great arguments on both sides of that. No, I don't think anybody really has a really good, any open-minded person has a really good certainty, whether it helps or doesn't. Sure. It's really just a party adherence on both sides that just act like there's absolute certainty in terms of the <laughs> academic literature in one way or the other. But there's a ton of literature both ways. And that's what you got to do with this terrorist stuff, right? Like, like when it comes to ISIS, right, certain politicians will say, boots on the ground, that's the solution. <laughs> and another person will say, disengagement and build a huge wall, that's the solution. Like, they all just act that way, right? And when it comes to Silicon Valley, they, it's the same kind of thing. Like, what, what, they can't say nothing, so they, so they have this kind of <laughs> no, hand-wavy the, the, the engagement. The Silicon Valley way to approach it would be, yeah, we recognize this is a problem. We, we don't know what the solution is, but we'll no, no, try no, what I mean thing. is the, the politicians' approach to Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. right. right. They all kind of do the same kind of thing. It's like, we're going to engage with Silicon Valley, and then just no more details than that, right? Like it's, <laughs> because you can't. Like, what would be the additional details? You just, it's just kind of like, a, it's just another checkbox. For the yeah. children. Yes. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, going back to the point that Dennis, you raised earlier, which I hadn't really thought about, you know, they could throw money at it, right? Yeah. Which, which actually is a way to get stuff done. I mean, done the, in the DARPA Valley. challenge is kind of a neat, a neat way to engage yeah. the, in the technology, right? That, that was wonderful, um, I thought. Like, that was a great way to be like, hey, you know, here's an interesting problem. Here's why you should solve it. And in terms of like the autonomous vehicle thing, there was like the shredder challenge. Um, like, give, like, if, Give give me an interesting problem and maybe some interesting data and a specific solution, then I'll work on it, right? So, yeah. And if you throw a, a prize behind it, then that makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. And that that's kind of interesting. I mean, I hadn't really yeah. even thought about that. And in fact, when you first brought it up, I was like, yeah, but, but, but. Why not? I mean, if maybe, maybe they do have, they're like, hey, right. we have a huge data set of something. We don't really know quite what to make of it. Figure it out. I mean, there's also like the whole concept of like open source intelligence stuff too, right? So yeah, there's I would like love that. Um, uh, there's that great web website. I don't know if you guys know this Bellingcat. Have you ever seen this? No. So no. how do you spell it? Uh, Bellingcat. B e l l i n g c a t. Bellingcat. I think, I think that's it. Uh, um, so what if, is it? If you want to type it in as I'm talking I'm, to you, I'm gonna look at my hand computer. Okay, <laughs> uh, I think that's it. But it's it's just like this guy in the UK who started it, and it's incredible. Like you'll get if you start checking out that website, you'll get sucked into it, and it's it's this sort of open source intelligence website where they try and um, you know figure out things. So like the, the one that that where I got completely sucked in was was they had this story. You know when when there was that. Um, missile that was fired in Ukraine that that shot down an airplane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the and, the passenger liner that one. Right, yeah. and and everyone was trying to figure out who shot it down and was it the Russians or was it Ukrainians or or whatever. Yep, and they went through like pictures, figured out like where like which. Uh, rocket launcher launched where it was. They actually like using like Google Maps and photos yeah. and all this stuff like pinpointed exactly where it was. Showed like what the the serial number on the rocket launcher was that that shot it down and more or less proved that it was the Russians who had brought it in. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I remember, yeah, I remember. And it was, it was an incredible story, but like all from like a few photographs and and Google Maps and a few other bits of information were able to figure out all this kind of stuff. And they've done they keep doing that. And, and the, the problem with open source intelligence like that is that it's very vulnerable to um, potentially right somebody could to, to, to counterintelligence provide, provide fake information facing fake sure information. but hopefully the crowd will be able to suss that out as well yeah so. I mean if you look at some of the stuff that they've done it's it's fairly astounding I'm always yeah. amazed whenever I go to that webpage I get sucked in and, I mean, and I read these things and I'm that, um, that said there's also the the potential for mob justice right whether we yeah, saw with yeah. the Boston bomber yeah, like, the that Indian was not great 
They and need to yeah. blame for bombing, and he just had committed suicide. Instead. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are in his room, by the way. Just to clarify, there was a kid who committed suicide <laughs> in his room, and people thought since he was missing, he must have been one of the ones. Oh, but the I mean, but I mean, at least with with Bellingcat, I mean, they seem to be very very careful. It's not it's not a, um, you know, they seem to only publish when they're when they have you know incredible amounts of supporting evidence to make but, the claims but this, that they make. these investigations are going on kind of behind the scenes, right? So in the community? Yeah. And then they publish... I, I assume so. Like I actually that. don't know the details of, of how it works exactly, but it is an interesting yeah. example, so, I, mean, I think, of kind of like, you know, using the crowd and using public information to... But that, know, that's what I think... Interesting and useful information. Right. I mean, if, if, the, if the politicians are truly interested in having quote tech tech technology help out in this fight against isis then then give us something to work with right so give yeah. us more data give us like gr- great open source all of the surveillance and dossiers that you kind of have like, i'll take a look through it yeah so. that's not happening but yeah right, I but mean, if they, if right, they right, really right. want us no, to no, help no, it's it's a it's a valid point right i mean yeah. if I mean, uh, right, yeah, like, but there are, there are risks there too, of, obviously. Of course, right? And, right. And so, or maybe I'll just I'll I'll click on a little checkbox that says I'm not a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, if you if you opened up that kind of information to a place like Reddit, you know, they would definitely within like a couple of weeks find out all kinds of. First of all, a lot of correct things. And, and, a, whole and a whole bunch of crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that really has has not been a lot of kind of like, you know, get everyone band together to, to do something do interesting. Something, right? right. I think the the last example I, I really like when the EFF actually put that whole project to to create the scripts to to automate kind of and, and normalize the contact forms for all of Congress. Yeah, like it was amazing. Like I I worked on that project, and they were expecting I think. You know, basically, they had created security scrapers that you needed to go through and write code for each one of the individual members of Congress. Yeah. Um, and they were expecting it to take, like, weeks. Um, and they posted it on Reddit, and I was working on it the first night, and we were done in, like, the next two days, right? So... What is this? It's, it's scraped every it, individual it's like candidate's like webpage they, for the contract... Uh, for, for the contact information. What, what I'm saying is that, yeah. like, there's actually... if And that was for no for no other reason other than, like, we, we believe... Like, I believe that it was a good thing to do, right? So if the government and the politicians really want tech to work on something, then give us something to chew on and then we'll, we'll do it. Right. So, but, yeah. it. but, but so far the things that they've given us to chew on are, you know, stop the bad break, guys break from, encryption. From, from, from using encryption, yeah. uh, stop bad guys from <laughs> speaking online. And so they, 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 they do think they're giving us problems. They're just, you know, well, they're also they're they're doing they're doing the thing exactly that I think you know product managers and ma- and engineers hate, which is <laughs> they're telling us the problem and then telling us how to solve it, right? Yeah. Like typically, like the way I like to work is, no, I'm I'm the engineer. Like you tell me what you want want done, and I'll do it. But if you tell me the problem and the solution, I'm gonna basically like curse at you as soon as, as soon as the moment you leave the room. So. Yeah, and I think I think the part of the problem is that they're defining the problem incorrectly, right? So they're they're. Right. You know, the problem isn't incur- encryption. Encryption. The problem is that people want to do stuff that we consider bad. So. <laughs> right. Well, these guys are sixty. You got to remember, right? So they don't. They don't <laughs> even understand how the internet's being That's used. That's ageist. Come on. <laughs> no, but I mean, they're very, very old. My, and they, they have no idea. Or they're seventy, whatever it is. But oh whatever, my, whatever the oh correct thing is. For old. Okay. Well, well first, of, for, I mean, yes and no. That's uh, to some extent that's bullshit, right? I mean, there are lots of people within the government who are much younger than that, and there are lots yeah. of people 
you know, who are that old who get this stuff and understand it. And you're not that it. far off her. And, no, and I'm not, but... but yeah, and you forget how old, old yet. you are. I'm uh, not old yet. <laughs> no, we're all getting there. Um, I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not dead. Yeah. And, I mean, so here's my other thing is that... So, as, I mean, as much news and attention as that meeting, you know, created about, you know, all these White House officials in Silicon Valley, like... I don't know that that crowd is actually going to actually be able to do anything, right? I mean, it's so high level on both yeah. sides, right? I mean, you have Tim Cook and, and you know, Sheryl Sandberg and the head of the FBI. And it's like, those are not the people who are going to come up with the really innovative solutions. Those, you know. but, but it's nice to have kind of executive and like, you know, champion support. Sure. Right? So. Totally, totally. And, and you need that to, to get other things to happen. But... You know, and, and so maybe that meeting kicks off something, but, but I don't think that's where the really innovative ideas come from. Probably not. And it sounds like they were just blowing smoke and... Who knows? Saying, saying we have to do something. Yeah. Right? I mean, Which, it, it was more for sort of, you know, public consumption. We than... can't not say something. <laughs> I, I mean, I think they, you know, yeah, like they have to do this for, for to have that discussion publicly. Like everyone thinks... Yeah. It, there's, there's so much focus right now. Like everyone... It keeps talking about in DC is one thing I just keep hearing over and over again is this idea that like oh you know tech and DC have to work together have to work together there's like all this antagonism and they have to you know so I think there's you know part of that is just trying to like break this wall that's come up between the two sides but you know does anything productive necessarily come out of that meeting I don't know yeah but is 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 there a wall right like well there. Like we'll like we'll work on I'll work on anything that's interesting. Right? Sure. So yeah, I mean, I don't it, feel like there's a wall. Well, there's a wall in the sense that look, the NSA wants to do some very broad types of surveillance, and many of American uh, the American tech companies feel that that broad type of surveillance, the various hacks they've put into American hardware, etc., jeopardize our markets abroad. And in that sense, the interests of the companies and, and not only are, jeopardize uh, the you know interest abroad but but jeopardize the privacy rights of of their users domestically and abroad and 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 a lot of the companies actually do care about that right and so i think there is a wall in that in that you know specifically on the nsa side and, and yeah. the fbi side as well that they they destroyed whatever trust there was between the the two areas and so I mean, when they come out here and they say we want you to help the fear is that they're going to do exactly what they mentioned in the thing which is focus on uh, surveillance right. and intelligence and encryption and things like that. And that is, you know, that's not going to get right. much interest here. I mean, I, th I think that's because of the, the incentives that they have, right? So basically what it sounds like, it's like you guys have to help us. You have to do this stuff. And we say, why? And they're like, because, <laughs> because we're the government and we say so, right? Which is not... I mean, not that, a great that, business, not, yeah. not a great incentive for but, to do but, but to that's, help. And that's not always, that's not entirely the argument. Part of the argument is like for national security reasons, right? I mean, that's what they say. And of course, okay. you know, and, and there is a, you know. Because I, we said so. Of course, that's how laws work, Dennis. They <laughs> tell you to do something, you do right. it. Right, yeah. I, I think, I mean, so there is this kind of cultural split. Yeah, I mean, there. but give me a better reason, right? So... And I don't you, know. Like, what is going to be? Are my you asking about me it? to play the government? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Dude, the government doesn't give reasons. They, they just give instructions. Do this. Right, which is why. Why? Which is which is where well. where where are the cultural differences? <laughs> but you know, I, I, let's let's not get sidetracked on laws and stuff. There's okay. like legal obligations, and then there's things where the 
where private entrepreneurs can help. These are separate things, right? Like be, having imposed obligations by law is, is, you know, I think a completely different thing. Sure. And and you know, but but when it makes sense, I mean, even as 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 a law-abiding citizen, like I I appreciate when laws. I I like I pay taxes, and I think I was just reading this morning about like paying taxes, and and I think. Supreme Court Justice Holmes said something about like I'm paraphrasing here. I don't mind paying taxes because it allows me to live in civilization, right? So I don't mind following laws and following what the government says because it allows me to live in a nice civilization, right? So if if um, you respect the laws, when the laws become ridiculous right. and you no longer respect them, then that that equation changes, right? Right. So I think that's that's where I'm not just going to follow laws blindly, but for the sure. most part, they seem to make sense. <laughs> well, there are some that make sense and there are plenty that don't. Um, anyways, I think, you know, I think it's an interesting discussion. I think, I think there's a lot to be said, but I, it just feels like not, not necessarily this, well, probably this conversation as well, but, but the, the, the overall conversation just feels really superficial. And I, I think part yeah. of that is the cultural difference and that, right. that, you know, the DC side doesn't even know what to ask for. Well, not even and, what they don't know how to ask, and they don't know how to ask. That's exactly right. And and on the Silicon Valley side, there's there's a, a level of distrust based on you know what's come out over the last few years, um, and I and I think that you know there are ways to bridge that gap, but I'm I'm not sure it's clear how that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> dead, dead silence. And with that, I have eyes staring at me. Um, so I, I think we're going to close out this one. Uh, it's an interesting discussion. I think we're going to definitely revisit it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, if we can speak with someone in the government about, you know, yeah. how, how are the right ways for incentives to be set up the right way or, you know, actually working on a problem instead of just you, saying. Or you, you can't set up the incentives until you understand what you want people to do. Yeah, so let's do that first. Yeah. How do you define that problem? And that, that would be an interesting one. We could probably get, get someone yeah. from the government to, to join us on the podcast, and, and that could be an interesting discussion. That would so be awesome. I, I guess I have some homework. <laughs> uh, and But with that, we're going to wrap it up. And so for you, the listener, your homework is, again, um, to share this podcast with other people because it's nice to have more people listening to it, to get more feedback and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll be back again next week. So, uh, Hirsch, Dennis, thanks for uh, having this discussion. And thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Adios.